the Ticats Audio Network. This is Speaking with the Enemy. Yes, it is Speaking with the Enemy. I'm your host, Louis B. And all this week, ahead of free agency, we're seeing what other teams are up to ahead of February 8th. And today, it is the Ottawa Red Blacks. And to discuss that, we bring in <laughs> TSN 1200's Lever Sage and uh, the enemy right there on your screen or in your headphones. Uh, Lee, let's just start that with, you know, six wins in their last two seasons. There's really nowhere to go but up for this Red Blacks group. Speaking with the enemy, huh? I wonder why you had me on the program. Um, <laughs> I was gonna, I, ask, I was gonna ask AJ Jakubek, but I thought you would be more fitting for uh, for it, this one. Oh wow, I take that personally. <laughs> he's my co-host now. He is actually in Hamilton right now. Uh, went to the soccer game. He's going to El Salvador for yeah. uh, the Canadian uh, men's soccer team. So I understand he's part of your fraternity right now. I thought you were going to call them the Ottawa Tiger Cats for a second. <laughs> um, let, yeah, let's start there. Uh, this team won their last game on the last play of the game. If they hadn't done that, it would have been actually three wins in their last 28 games. Um, yeah, something had to change. Uh, they've elected, obviously, they fired Marcel Desjardins and uh, hired uh, Sean Burke from Hamilton. Uh, they elected to keep the coaching staff. Uh, I think it's a really interesting mix of bringing in a new general manager. They bring in Brandon Tamman as well as director of pro personnel who's been around the league forever. I, I think uh, you weren't even born yet, Louis, by the time that Brandon Tamman joined the league. But uh, you bring in some veterans like Brendan. You bring in a, a rookie GM. I know he had a lot of responsibilities in Hamilton uh, before. And then you try and acclimate them with the coaching staff and – who are all back. Paul Apolise oh. is back. Not all of them. I mean, um, you have Steve Walsh that left as the quarterback coach, but really the, the fundamental people here as Paul Apolise, the head coach, the OC, Mike Benavides, the defensive coordinator, they're all back. So that to me, first of all, is the interesting mix of how is that going to work? You get a new general manager, you get a new director of pro personnel that's come in. It's been around the league forever. And how do they combine with the staff that's already here that probably think, okay, we've really suffered. Nobody knows that we have to get back on track more than us, but how do we all work together to make that happen? That's the first big question uh, in Ottawa. And then I think right along with that is who's going to be the quarterback. Uh, the, the, the list has dwindled very, very quickly. And uh, there's a certain other guy in Hamilton that people are really, really hoping is the quarterback here. And I do find, I know you might ask me about this, Louis. But you only have so much time, I understand. And I got to get in on my time. I found it very interesting. Uh, one of the best, like, look, nobody watched the Red Blacks. I get it last year. But Devontae Dedman was probably the best player in the league uh, as far as special teams and the most dangerous guy in the field. Within one hour, so you answer this for me. Within one hour, Devontae Dedman signs a contract with the Miami Dolphins and is let go from the Ottawa Red Blacks. And Brandon Banks mutually parts ways with the Hamilton Tiger Cats literally within the same hour. Uh, interesting, I would say. And, and to that point, I think there's there's kind of a maybe a concern among Thai Cats fans thinking that you know Sean Burke with the relationships that he's built, not just with the Thai Cats but around the league and and with the way the Red Blacks are going. Do you feel that there is a a pressure anticipation? Is there something that okay, Sean Burke has got to make 
the move. He's got to make a move to really get people talking about the Red Blacks, to get them, you know, interested. To Do you foresee that that Berkey's going to go out there and, and make a splash come February 8th? Well, first of all, who is the splash when it comes to quarterbacks? Yeah. Because we've talked for a month that that list is dwindling, dwindling, dwindling. And right now on the list is Jeremiah Masoli, McLeod Bethel-Thompson, if you want to think he's leaving Toronto. A lot of people have brought up Trevor Harris's name. Um, I, I can't even imagine Trevor Harris coming back here, but how many other quarterbacks could actually get on the field and lead the team to even say seven or eight wins? Uh, other than those three guys, I really don't know who you're talking about. So they have Doc Hodges, they have Caleb Evans. Yeah, they're young quarterbacks, but they need somebody. So that's Splash. If it isn't Jeremiah Masoli, and almost a combination with Brandon Banks, I don't know who it is. Now, sure, there are lots of other good players in free agency that I'm sure we're going to talk about that could add to any team. But if you don't have a quarterback, yeah. like Ottawa doesn't have a quarterback. And so there are a couple other teams. You think Edmonton's still sniffing around, even though they have Nick Arbuckle and Taylor Cornelius. Uh, I don't know what Toronto's doing if they're just bringing back McLeod Bethel Thompson and, and figure that he is the answer. But I can tell you that Ottawa doesn't have a quarterback. And if Sean Burke doesn't go out and get a quarterback, along with Paul Lapolis, this team's still in big trouble. I don't care who else you bring in. So uh, the one thing about the Devontae, I bring up the Devontae Dedman and Brandon Banks mm-hmm. kind of thing, because number one, Brandon Banks can do some of the same things that Devontae Dedman did. And he, he's a better receiver, obviously. But they gave Devontae Dedman some pretty good money when it came to re-signing, knowing how important he was. Now that he's gone, that money suddenly freed up. If you're not going out and making a splash, again, I, I don't know who else to even tell you other than if it's not Masoli and Banks coming to Ottawa, uh, yeah. this team's not going to be very good. And Chris Traveler's name has popped up because Paul LaPolice is a, a Chris Traveler guy. But I don't know. Louis, do you think Chris Traveler at like 400 I... grand is a absolute number one? Because that's if he's not coming here, and leaving a practice roster job in the NFL, unless he's absolutely going to be the starter. And I don't, I'm not sure that he's a full-time starter. I, and that's, I, that's such a great point because I think uh, there was a lot of shock. That's Chris Strebler. Out of all the CFL quarterbacks in, in 2019, the one that you would predict to make the jump to the NFL and, and, and start in an NFL game, I, I don't think Chris Strebler would have been at the top of the list. But Jeremiah Masoli, of course, that name's going to be floating around. You mentioned Banks. Who else do you think the Red Blacks are – are, are looking at where position wise, is there somewhere specific outside of quarterback? Cause we know how important that is. Where do you see the red blacks needing to fill some sort of hole with either a big name, a veteran or, or some hot up and comer. Can we say everywhere? <laughs> I was going to ask team. that. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> what I was thinking, but I didn't want to well, be so direct. <laughs> no, it, but it's true. Like, let's yeah. tell the truth. Do, yeah. do the red blacks have a quarterback? No. Do they have a number one wide receiver? No. Do they have, like a premier stud offensive lineman. No. Do, who's the best pass rusher that's ever been in Ottawa? I don't know. Aston Whiteside yeah. seven years ago. Uh, and you probably don't even know that name. It's like, <laughs> uh, where do they need help? They need help everywhere. Yeah. And so I would expect them to spend some money to go, number one, to protect the quarterback. They had the, one of the most atrocious offensive lines you'll ever see. And I always tell this story because, you know, everyone in Ottawa got excited about Duck Hodges and Caleb Evans. And, you know, do you think Duck Hodges is ready? And I know that 
I think on this show, correct me if I'm wrong, Simone Lawrence is going to be on the show, right? So here's the first thing that ever happened to Duck Hodges. His first real snap, other than a sneak, he got back in the shotgun, he got the ball, Simone Lawrence lined up over the center, and not one Red Buck even touched him yeah. as he charged towards the quarterback. So when you line up over center and no one even touches you, Good luck, Duck. Um, <laughs> how, how, how is he? I have no idea. Yeah. Because how is anybody supposed to be successful in that? The, they need to shore up their offensive line. It's not sexy. But until they do that, I don't care what wide receiver you bring in. And I don't care what quarterback you bring in. They're going to get killed. So you start there. I, I do believe they're going to try and bring in a couple of offensive linemen, uh, even if they have to overpay to do so. And they need a stud D end. Uh, we'll see who that is, but th they need both of those things desperately before they can start worrying about some of the other skilled positions. I don't want to look at the the cynical side, but I mean, you mentioned uh, this this relationship between Lapolis and Berkey, two guys who know the game. You mentioned the president, yeah. uh, the football operation guys, but I, is this one of those seasons that that <laughs> yes. Lapo is? Yeah, okay, yeah. You, you, like, I mean, let me finish the question because you know I'm going to ask it. But I mean, Lapo's got to be looking over his shoulder almost every game at this point. Like he's expectations are what they are. I mean, six wins in 28 games or three wins in 28 games, like you said, but I mean, Lapalise has got to be almost coaching for his job right now, despite the kind of reassurance heading into the season. Well, if you're a head coach and first of all, you bring in a new general manager and some new front office people and you're not their guys, you better perform. So I, I wouldn't even put it that Paul Lapalise would be looking over his shoulder. How I would phrase it is that, I don't know what happened with Nick Arbuckle, but Nick Arbuckle was brought in and suddenly mm -hmm. Nick Arbuckle was gone before he ever played it down in Ottawa and Matt Nichols was brought in. This was a tug of war between the general manager, Marcel Desjardins at the time, and Paul Lapolice. And Paul Lapolice won. And he brought in Matt Nichols. And how did Matt Nichols do? Not very good. In fact, he was really bad. Now, he, I think he was still hurt trying to play through it, but they should have known that. That's Paul Lapolis's mistake. So one of the things you can't do, in my opinion, is bring in another Paul Lapolis guy at quarterback like Chris Trevler, because you've already done that and you've already lost. So are they, they're going to have to find a way to work together. And I know that that's kind of a sitting on the fence answer, but I don't think Lapolis is actually looking over his shoulder. He knows his job's on the line. He understands if he doesn't perform, he's not the general manager's first pick. But he was the front offices and, you know, Oseg's first pick to be the head coach. And they want to work with him to try and be successful. It is up to Paul Lapolis not to look over his shoulder and think he has all the answers, but to try and work with other people so the Red Blacks can win some football games. And if he doesn't do that, he's not going to be the head coach of Ottawa yeah. anymore because of the lack of success. So how he does that, that will be a, a really interesting question, because if he's going to tell the general manager, the new general manager, Sean Burke, oh, this is the quarterback I need. And Sean's going to go, well, all right, but you brought in the guy you needed last time and it didn't <laughs> go very well. And I'm the new boss and my job's on the line too. Yeah. How about we go with this guy instead? So I, I think that will be up to Paul Lapolis to work together and win some football games. And it, it's, it's not as complicated. It's not more complicated than that, Louis. Yeah. Well, you mentioned Oseg and I, I, I there's got to be a level of frustration within I mean, the ownership group, because I've, I've been to Red Blacks games. You know, I, I was at the Great Cup in Ottawa. I've, I've been there when they're doing well. And it just seems like it's such a great football city when the team is doing well. 
But when they're not, I mean, that game against the, the Thai cats in, in the rain and the cold and the wind, right. With the, the running the ball 30 times or whatever it was, you know, like how, how much, what's Oseg's kind of overall, I mean, they, they gotta be a competitive football team quickly. Right. I mean, cause that, that, that town really does care about their football team when they're winners. Well, it's been a pretty incredible history. And I think that was stamped actually on Friday. We had a chance to talk to Sir Vincent Rogers. who signed a one day contract to retire a red block. And you're like, how long have the Red Blacks been around? Yeah. Well, you got guys retiring as Red Blacks now? That's, I guess. But you're right. They started really poorly, had one bad year. Then they went to three Grey Cups in four years. And then it's been just god-awful ever since. So, yeah, it, the frustration was actually in the middle of what you were talking about. Some of those games that they were just... It, it's not that you're not winning, but they're not entertaining. And they're actually horrible to go to. Now, it didn't help them that the season started in September and they got some bad weather when, you know, some of the games were. But, hey, you guys live in Hamilton. I, you understand, right? And you got a great fan base there, too, that's not going to put up with, you know, it's not the losing. You can be competitive, you can be entertaining, and you can still lose. You're not going to win the Grey Cup every year. But you have to be competitive. And in the middle of that, what you're talking about came through, this giant source of frustration. But now we're past that. and it's. There is no other answer. If people don't go on the field and be entertaining and be competitive and give season ticket holders and that crowd something to watch, it's going to be hard for them to come back. They're at that point. You mix in the pandemic. You mix in that people rolled over some of their money. And look, it's crazy that some people, most people, it was like 96%, Mark Gowdy said, 97% of the people that had season tickets when the season was lost, rolled it over, and then they rolled it over again to 2022 because they wanted to be a part of it. And people need money during a pandemic. So, yeah. yes, this is a, a crowd that is very thirsty, but Ose gets it. They, they totally understand. It's just not acceptable for what's going on. And they vowed to change it. And that's why there's a lot of pressure on everybody, but especially that coaching staff who have been here before and have been through some of the worst times. And you just can think about that, like four wins in 28 games with one coming on the last play of the last game of the year. That didn't matter. Like you can't do that and continue to put the product on the field and expect fans to come. All right. Well, there's been a lot of, uh, uh, cynicism, not pessimism maybe is the, is the word, but give us something to be optimistic about. It would have been Devonte Deadman. You know, a week ago, uh, that's not the case anymore. Give me something. Give me a reason to be. Give uh, Red Blacks fans a reason to be optimistic for 2022. Because they get, if they're listening to this conversation, we ain't telling them anything they don't know. So they understand uh, to a person. And I think when you know Sean Burke has come in and kind of brought a little bit of light into the organization, he got some new blood. He got some new ideas. He really loves the game of football. You bring in Brendan Tamman and you're like, okay, there's a ton of experience with those two and Paul Apolis and Mike Benavides and everybody else. So I think they're going to spend some money. I think they have money to spend. Uh, the optimism comes from how they're going to spend it and who they're going to spend it on. I would tell you that if you get Jeremiah Masoli and Brandon Banks at the same time and you bring them into Ottawa and they are your feature guys, that relaxes some of the crowd and gives people that optimism that now you can put in some other pieces without there being so much pressure on those guys because we got our quarterback, we got our guy. Now, 
I don't know if those guys are coming here or not. If they don't, man, it to find that optimism is going to be very hard around a Trevor Harris and McLeod Bethel Thompson and Chris Traveler or anybody else at quarterback. And that's why, what an interesting scenario it is when people thought Dane Evans was coming here and then he signed mm-hmm. in back in Hamilton. And we thought, okay, well, there's some other guys left. Jeremiah Masoli is in the driver's seat to get paid yeah. because he's got two or three teams after him and there's nobody else left. I'm, I'm trying to think of the last quarterback that left Hamilton and went on to Ottawa and what he did after that. I, you know what? I, I've, I've blocked that out. I've, I've completely. No, you know what? You guys got a great quarterback in Dane Evans. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, people here, what I can tell you is that people here wanted Dane Evans to be their quarterback and were yeah. very disappointed and thought that, you know, he might, they might overpay, but they might get Dane from Sean and having some money and everything else. And when Dane signed back in Hamilton, there was this, oh, they, they got him back. Now, yeah. I think they can get excited about Masoli, but Dane Evans is a really good quarterback. So I think he got a, a pretty good guy there. I hate giving compliments to, to, <laughs> to the Hamilton Tiger Cats, but you got a pretty good guy there. And So, yeah, get back to me if Jeremiah Masoli doesn't sign in Ottawa and who that quarterback's going to be that they're going to rally around and tell people we're going to win games. Yeah, I'd love to see it. Well, it should be interesting to watch one way or another. Lee, appreciate your time, man. Uh, I know you're a busy guy, and uh, thanks for doing this. Louis, it is always a pleasure to come on with a show that's got enemy in the name, right? Like <laughs> Speaking I, with the enemy with my friend. Is, that's how, that was how <laughs> I want to do it. I got Natea J as well, and I told him, I'm like, ah, every time I feel bad that it's called speaking with the enemy, it should be speaking with awesome. my friend. I, I love it. Uh, anytime we want to awesome. talk some CFL football, uh, great. Hope you are doing well, and hope the people in Hamilton are doing well. It's been a pretty exciting time. You get Dean Evans back, you get that big soccer game. And uh, lots of stuff going on in the hammer right now in January. Yeah. Well said. Thanks for doing this, Lee. Thanks, Lee.